Hello, and welcome to another episode of Give Me Liberty. My name is James Wilson, and today I will be doing a special podcast episode about the Democratic debate that is going to be tomorrow. I'll be talking about many of the presidential candidates who has dropped out, recent polling numbers, and more. Additionally, be sure to check out my YouTube channel as linked in the description. It really helps, and once that video reaches a thousand views, I will be launching a Give Me Liberty website. Thanks. All right, so as mentioned before, I will be talking about many of the presidential candidates, what they stand for, what their polling numbers are, how well they're going to need to do in this next debate and in Iowa to continue their presidential campaign, who has dropped out, and things like that. So let's just set a roadmap for what I'm going to be explaining today. So first, I would like just to mention that the next Democratic debate is tomorrow, Tuesday, January 14th. We will be reviewing lots of the candidates and more info for the debate to help you better understand who the candidates are, and where they stand before the debate actually happens. And then we'll also be talking about who went, who's going to the debate, who didn't make it, and who has finally decided to drop out. So, get your chip, soda, and guac, because the Democratic debate is tomorrow. I always love watching the Democratic debates and the Republican debates. Preferably, the Republican debates are a little more interesting just because I can agree with those opinions a little more. But regardless, the Democratic debate is tomorrow and I'm super excited. I will be watching that and talking about that on my podcast probably next Monday, but I think you should still watch too so you can get your own insights and opinions about the candidates. Otherwise, I'll be doing that next Monday on the show. So to start, to get invited to this debate, you have to have contributions from 225,000 unique donors. So all donors have to be unique. I can't donate twice and it counts as two. So two separate people would have to vote for it to count to two. I can't make two separate donations. And then the second is you either have to have two polls at 7% or more in the four early nominating states, which is Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina, or you can have four polls at 5% or more in early nominating states or national surveys. And the polls will only be accepted between November 14th, 2019 and January 10th, 2020. So the stage is set. Obviously, January 10th was on Saturday, I believe. No, Saturday, no, Friday. So it was officially closed on Friday. If you did not get the polls you needed, you could not come to the debate, so that means we'll have to say goodbye for Andrew to Andrew Yang. For now, he could come back and qualify in the future. So let's talk about who actually qualified. So the first is Joe Biden. He's been to all the debates so far, and he's been center stage as well. Second is Bernie Sanders, a 2016 presidential candidate, hardcore socialist, and senator from Vermont. He has also been to all the debates so far and has had very good polling numbers over the last couple of months and generally through the whole thing because he's got the name recognition. Third is Elizabeth Warren. 
who is trying to take Bernie Sanders's approach to it. Currently, she's not doing as well as he is, but she's also been to lots of the debates, and she has a lot of support from lots of people. Fifth, no, sorry, fourth is Pete Buttigieg. He has also been to all the debates. Fifth is Amy Klobuchar, who has also been to all the debates. In my opinion, she will not win the nomination. She doesn't have the name recognition. Not enough people know about her. And she claims to be more of a moderate candidate, but many people consider Joe Biden the most moderate can candidate on the stage. I'll get to all those details a little bit more in the episode. And then sixth is Tom Steyer. He started coming to the debates. He's been to the last four, starting in October. So just for reference, the debates actually started in June. So he actually missed the, the first couple, but was able to gain those poll numbers, able to gain those unique donors. We're going to be talking about him specifically a little later as his polling numbers is especially high in places like South Carolina and Nevada, which could be really important and may attract the attention of some of the other candidates who have kind of left him alone for the most part over um, the course of these Democratic debates. So in total, six people made it to the Democratic debate stage. That will be interesting. It started at 20 in June. That's right, 20 candidates. There's even more, but they only decided to accept 20 because there are so many of them. Now we are down to six. So who didn't make it? Who has made it to lots of the debates so far? So the first, I've already mentioned their name, Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang has been to all of them except this one. Additionally, Cory Booker has been to all but the last two, and Tulsi Gabbard has been all has been to all of them but the last two and this one. So we actually have a lot of people who have been going to most of these debates who are starting to see fall in the poll numbers. Recently, Kamala Harris dropped out and Julian Castro, and a notable mention, Mariana Williamson, who I'll get to in a little bit. But we've seen a lot of people drop out at this stage of the primaries. The DNC chairman, the Democratic National Community chairman, says that there is not enough diversity on the stage. All, all remaining contestants who have qualified for this debate are white, which the chairman is bashing for. My personal opinion on this is it doesn't matter who they are, it's about their opinions. So if that person is black and they and you support lots of their opinions, you should vote for them. However, say that person is black and you disagree with those opinions, you shouldn't feel forced to vote for them because they are black. That's called identity politics. That's when politicians say, well, I'm a black woman and that's why you should vote for me. Now, if a black woman shares my values and I feel like she would represent the president of the United States, sure, I should totally vote for her. But when politicians try to play the identity politics card that you have to vote for them because they are black or because they're a woman or because they're both, that was pretty much Kamala Harris's pitch. That didn't work too well for her as we've seen she's dropped out. But I don't like the fact that for example, Cory Booker claiming that he's the only black person left on the stage and that's why you have to vote for him. You shouldn't vote because of skin color. You should vote because of their beliefs 
and it shouldn't matter what their skin color is when you're considering what their beliefs is. So a little bit on that, that that's the Democratic National Committee chairman saying that there's not enough diversity. Now let's get into some notable mentions. We've talked already talked about the people who haven't made the debate stage who have been to the recent ones, but we have a couple of people who have dropped out. First is Julian Castro, who's been to the first four debates. Sadly or not sadly, he's hasn't made it to any of the debates since. He's been losing. He lost a ton of steam, just ran out. No one really cares about him anymore, as a politician at least. He is out of the race, and no one is interested in what he has to say anymore. We'll get into his endorsement in a little bit, but first I'd like to talk about Mariana Williamson just a little bit more. She is the notable mention I intended to talk about. She recently dropped out this past weekend, which is really sad for me. She was one of my favorite candidates. Just kidding. Her slogan was about harnessing love against Donald Trump, who has been promoting fear. But we'll get more into that a little bit later after I talk about some of the bigger candidates. So, first we've got Joe Biden, for former president of the United States who served two terms under Obama. Most people would agree that he is the most moderate candidate on the stage. However, there is some fight, as I've already mentioned, over is it Amy Klobuchar? Is it Joe Biden? Is it Tulsi Gabbard? So there's a wide range of views on who's the most moderate, but Joe Biden is overall considered the most moderate candidate on the stage, which is one of the reasons why he's also one of the most popular presidents. I mean, sorry, not presidents, most popular candidates on the stage. Now recently though, he has been losing a lot of momentum. It has slowed down over the past couple of months, but we saw really high poll numbers when he started, and they have dropped almost 20%. So I'll get into the poll numbers in a second, but just know that he's been losing a lot of momentum, and it's become steady around 27, 30, 25, anywhere in that range percent. Many people believe that he is very old. There is the debate about that with Bernie Sanders, too, who I'll get to in a second, but just generally on the debate stage, he looks very tired. He doesn't look very enthusiastic. So from this, he's not really he's not really attracting new voters. Now, one of the reasons why he's still ahead of this race is because he has the name recognition, because he's ter served two terms under Obama. Now, because Obama, many of many Democrats liked Obama, so they associate Joe Biden with Obama's presidency. So that's why he has the name recognition. People feel that he is a safe, comfortable option. So that's why they're heading towards Joe Biden. But from these debates, he's not really gaining any support. We haven't seen Joe Biden gain any support as much as he lost it, especially when Kamala Harris attacked him in the first debate for forced busing. We won't get to that today. But just know that from these debates, he's never gaining any steam. He's just losing it, but because he has such the name recognition, he he has still been doing really well. So he looks very tired. He looks very old. The funny thing about this all is, as I've already stated, many people associate with him Obama. Many Democrats like Obama. That's why they're voting for him. But Obama won't endorse him. 
Now, Joe Biden was on 60 Minutes, and they specifically asked them that. They were like, are you looking for Obama's endorsement? Because guess what? Obama's endorsement would really, really, really help. Now, Obama has come out with an endorsement, at least in the past couple of months, but that wasn't for Joe Biden. That was for Justin Trudeau, the prime minister. Prime minister, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it's called prime minister, but it's Justin Trudeau, who is the leader of Canada. I'm pretty sure it's called prime minister. So Obama won't um, endorse him. However, there has been some talk he will endorse whoever the Democratic nominee is. So Joe Biden still has a chance of being endorsed if he becomes the nominee. Now, Joe Biden really has to hold in this race. He has to get some early state votes. If he can take the first couple, that might show people just to take the safe route. He already has the name recognition. They're not really scared of Joe Biden, that he's going to make any drastic changes that would change the course of what the United States is in right now. That's what Joe Biden needs. He needs to stay about where he's at. He can't lose much more steam or else or else he won't be doing very good with Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Okay, so let's get to poll numbers for Joe Biden. Joe Biden is polling at 15% in Iowa. Iowa is the first state to hold a caucus. He is he is ahead of Warren. No, sorry. Warren is ahead of Joe Biden, which isn't looking good and Bernie Sanders is leading at 20%. This is not good for Joe Biden. He needs to win the early states. Usually, if you're able to take the first stage, you'll gain momentum. And the next states, even if you are even if you aren't pulling as well in them, you will do better in them because you are able to take the earlier states. So this is not looking good for Joe Biden. He's only 5% away, but that 5% could really mean a lot when Ohio goes to vote. And then he's standing at 27% in the national polls. Again, this is a drop from around 40, 45% at the beginning of the at the beginning of his campaign. So while many would think this is very, very, very bad, which it kind of is, he's losing a lot of momentum, but this is slowed down a lot, and he's still even five percent of five percent ahead of Warren, who is the next candidate. Now, Warren, we'll get to in a second, but she's been losing steam, and Bernie seems to be catching up. So Warren seems to be fading away, and it now might become a two-way race between Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. So let's just talk a little bit more about what what voters are saying about Joe Biden. I've already mentioned that many people think he's tired and old, which is one of the main reasons that is hurting Joe Biden. Now, if you've watched the past couple of debates, I think Joe Biden has caught on to this as he he kind of starts yelling at random points in his speech, which kind of shows that he's, you know, not as tired and old as people may think. But he also does it at the most awkward times, which is kind of kind of funny, in my opinion. If you go and watch that debate, try to look to see if he just kind of randomly starts screaming and yelling during his speech. It's kind of funny and it. It's not, I don't think it has the same, I don't think it's working the way Joe Biden thinks it is. So anyway, here is what the New York Times says. So it says, Nancy Courtney displays a Joe Biden sign in her yard, makes phone calls for his campaign and supports the former vice president, quote, 100%, she said. 
but the sluggish state of Joseph R. Biden Jr.'s organization, Inner City of Burlington, Iowa, had had her fuming one at one recent evening. In Burlington, they are duds, said Miss Courtney, an activist who is married to the Democratic chairman of Des Moines County. Quote, I will help, but there's no excitement there. There's nothing. I will do whatever it takes to get him elected, but I can't go down there when there's nothing going on. Bob Clean, a city councilman in Indiana, has promoted by the Biden campaign as a prominent local endorser. But asked about Mr. Biden's standing in his state, Mr. Clean said was blunt. Quote, not as great as he was. Buttigieg is kind of taking the lead in the polls, he said, referring to Pete Buttigieg, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Some, since late summer, Mr. Biden, the early frontrunner in the Democratic primary, has faced an increasingly difficult path to Iowa. Now, 10 weeks before the Iowa caucuses, even his own supporters in the state are growing more worried about his prospects. So as I've already mentioned, if people think Joe Biden can't win the nomination, which they might see if he loses some of the early states, such as Iowa, Nevada, South Carolina, that might draw voters away. So while his poll numbers are kind of steady, dropping, but kind of steady, if he loses these early states, many voters are going to turn away from him because they're worried about his chance of, of actually winning the nomination. Additionally, you see many people's issues about how tired he looks and there's not very many there's not very much enthusiasm for Joe Biden as I'll talk about with some of the other candidates there's a lot of enthusiasm for them the main reason why people are voting for Joe Biden is because he has the name recognition and because they supported Obama and they don't feel like he'll really change anything or make anything bad they feel like he is a safe route to go for president so that's not good when you're looking for more support all right, so now let's get to Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren is a senator from Massachusetts, uh, used to be a Harvard Law professor, and was involved in a Native American scandal in which she claimed that she was Native American, which helped her get into Harvard, benefited her in many ways. She did a DNA test over the last year, and it turns out most people are more Native American than she is which is funny and sad at the same time. Many people are making jokes about that. I'll get to that in a second. But the it's gotten voters worried if she's actually honest in what she's doing. However, based on polling numbers, this isn't this hasn't had the biggest effect on her campaign. However, it leaves many people making funny jokes such as a funny shirt done by Daily Wire which it says Warren won 2020th in reference to, it does it as her campaign poster kind of thing. So it's in reference to her 2020 campaign, but the fact that she's like one 2000th Native American. So one 2020th. That's, I'm thinking about getting that shirt. You should too. Go visit Daily Wire for that. I'm not getting paid to say that. I, I, I genuinely think that that's a really funny shirt. So about that will it affect the way people trust her it hasn't showed polling numbers haven't dropped because of this but then again people are having trust issues with her for different reasons and that is because she's kind of an in-between candidate so the reason that is is she's taking more of a socialist stance she's trying to blend in with bernie sanders 
she's her main audience is trying to take away she she's trying to take away Bernie Sanders support so she can gain his base which is very enthusiastic and a pretty big base from 2016 so about that she's trying to appeal to these people but she's also trying to appeal to the more moderate candidates people who go for Joe Biden Amy Klobuchar, Tulsi Gabbard maybe even, kind of, not really Tulsi Gabbard, but she's trying to take both the votes away, which kind of leaves her in an awkward spot. So let me explain some of her policies that kind of fit that. So first, she wants to fund all these crazy expensive ideas. For example, Medicare for All, that's drawing into Bernie Sanders' support. Free College for Everyone, that's also drawing into Bernie Sanders' support. But she doesn't want to raise taxes on the middle class. She is supposedly fighting for the middle class. But those things don't work together. She's trying to appeal to the moderates because she doesn't want to raise taxes on the middle class. She just wants to make taxes crazy high rich on the rich. But she also wants to fund all these really expensive ideas. Now, the thing about Bernie Sanders is he's honest and open about this, saying, yep, we're going to have to raise your taxes. That's that's the way it's going to be. And many people like that honesty and they're willing to go. He'll say like, yeah, you will have to transfer over to this Medicare for all plan. And yes, you will have to pay more taxes, but you will actually get more money because you'll spend less in taxes than you will in actually buying health care. Now that's Bernie Sanders is that's Bernie Sanders pitch. And lots of people are buying into that. However, you've got someone like Elizabeth Warren who's trying to pick the best of everything. No, we won't raise taxes on you, but yes, we'll do this. Yes, we'll do this. Yes, you will do this. We'll do this. We'll do this. We'll do this. That has left many people questioning how socialist she is, how moderate she actually is, and basically gives a lot of trust issues to her. We've seen this in the polling. She introduced all these ideas. She took from Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders went down. She took from Joe Biden. Joe Biden went down. And then she kind of gained support in which she was neck and neck with Joe Biden. People realized she was a fierce, scary candidate. So they started attacking her and immediately her polling dropped because they were attacking her for things like this. So not very many people are buying into this. I would say that they even have trust issues with her because of lots of her policies that don't work together. So based on the Native American thing and this, I would say that being an in-between candidate has hurt her more than being a Native American, or not being a Native American, actually. But I think many people, especially on the right, have gotten a good laugh out of her claiming to be one and then not, and then making a lot of funny jokes, such as the shirt I explained. So, as I've already mentioned, in the poll, she gained a lot of support halfway through 2019, which really hurt Bernie Sanders. But once people attacked her, once people exposed her ideas, things like that, being in the middle, not wanting to raise taxes, but wanting to fund these super expensive ideas, her polling immediately dropped. Now, as I'll explain in the polls for her in a second, she is not out of the race, this race, not at all. She has made it to all the debates. She is still one of the top tier candidates. However, because of this, I think we'll start to see a decline in Elizabeth Warren. Now, she'll probably make the top three, maybe even the top two. I'm no one sure on that yet, but 
but I don't think she'll be able to win the nomination for reasons such as these. Now, it's also important to mention, as in my notable mentions earlier, Julian Castro dropped out of the race. So, that means that he will endorse someone, right? So he decided to endorse who? Elizabeth Warren. Now, Elizabeth Warren looked pretty excited about this in some of her rallies, but to be honest, this literally means nothing. Julian Castro was in the first four debates, and then he held on. People started to lose interest in him. It had been a couple months. No one's seen him in the debates anymore. He dropped out. Julian Castro is no longer in everyone's mind, anyone's mind. He's a lot, Julian Castro is a lot like Beto O'Rourke to me. Their two endorsements aren't really going to change things. But anyway, it's just important to mention that he was endorsed by Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren may be referencing that in the debate on Tuesday tomorrow. We'll go ahead and see what happens with that, but just to keep you informed. Okay, so the next candidate we have is Bernie Sanders. He is the last of the three candidates I'll be talking about specifically today. Don't worry, I'll still get to Tom Steyer and, of course, Marianne Williamson and do her final farewell for her all in a little bit. But let's get a little more about Bernie Sanders. So Bernie Sanders is a senator from Vermont, and he is openly socialist. Now, the reason this is, this has actually worked really well for him in the 2016 election it was actually between him and hillary clinton and he actually should have won but the dnc kind of rigged it hillary clinton won who as we all know lost to donald trump so just like joe biden he has got the name recognition people know who he is and his fan base is huge and very 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 enthusiastic unlike joe biden so that's the big reason why Bernie Sanders might be able to take out Joe Biden. They have a lot in common, but the big thing is that Bernie Sanders has a way more enthusiastic fan base. He is gaining voters. While he has lost some voters, which we'll talk to in a second, he has been gaining a lot of momentum recently, which is something we haven't seen from Joe Biden or Elizabeth Warren. Um, one important thing to mention is that he recently had a heart attack. Now, this was bad because when he got that heart attack, he immediately saw a drop in the polls. There's been a joke around a lot, especially in the 2016 election, that he was going to die in office if he did take office because he looks super old. However, it didn't help when he had the heart attack because that raised many concerns about his health and being fit to run for president in the first place. So that wasn't very good for him. They talked about that in the last debate. Many people asked him about that. I wouldn't be surprised if they asked him about that in this debate, but that is something that has worn off and his polling numbers has gone up since then. He has also got an endorsement just like Julian Castro, except it's a little more important. He got endorsed by the squad, so AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, those people, which really hurt Elizabeth Warren. Because AOC, founder of the Green New Deal, all those people are very socialist. Everyone agrees that they're socialist. And surprisingly, and kind of sadly, they have a lot of support. 
They've been in the news a lot. People knew, know who they are, and if they like them, they really like the squad. So, the squad endorsed Bernie Sanders, which does two things. First, it boosts Bernie Sanders' support even more, which we've seen recently, as I'll get to the polling numbers in a second. And second, it hurts Elizabeth Warren. Many people are starting to question whether Elizabeth Warren is even a socialist or 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 even that she's just trying to appeal to the progressive movement, and that's not really who she is. Now, even 10 years ago, as Ben Shapiro explained, she was a lot more capitalist than she is now, which raises many people to question what her ideas actually are and how surprisingly fast they have changed. So with the endorsement of the squad, you get even more of the progressive socialist movement going towards Bernie Sanders and not Elizabeth Warren. And because Elizabeth Warren is trying to appeal to the progressive socialist movement, that is not good for her. We've seen this in the polling numbers. She's been dropping bullies. Bernie Sanders has been doing a lot better. This is not good for Elizabeth Warren and great for Bernie Sanders. So as already mentioned, Bernie Sanders has the name recognition. If you were to ask a thousand people to name as much presidential candidates as they can, my guess is most people would be able to say Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden because those are the people who, you know, vice president or a big 2016 candidate, a very heated election, lots of people knew about Bernie Sanders, especially in my state, Colorado, which is kind of a swing state, but especially where in the county I live, there is definitely a more blue county. So there is a lot of support for Bernie Sanders here. So he has the name recognition, which has helped him in the polls, which we'll talk about right now. So Bernie Sanders is currently leading Iowa with 20% in the polls. And by the way, all these polls are provided by Real Clear Politics. So this is really, really, really good for Bernie Sanders. His, his national polling is in the 20%, which is still in top three, but that leaves him behind Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden. But the fact that he's leading Iowa right now is huge. If he could win Iowa, what would end up happening, as I've already talked about with, with Joe Biden, it would have a lot of people support Bernie Sanders who hadn't before. This is because they see a confident candidate, candidate, one who other people will vote for, so they will get behind them too. Bernie Sanders already has a very enthusiastic base of supporters, so that also helps him. So if he can get some early momentum in some of these early states, I think Bernie Sanders could take the nomination. So what Bernie Sanders does at the debate will be very crucial. I'll be watching for that. I hope you watch for that if you are going to watch tomorrow. This is huge for Bernie Sanders. Now, as Bernie Sanders has been gaining in the polls, Trump has been attacking Bernie Sanders. So here is what the Daily Wire has to say. So this past week, the president focused some pointed attacks of Democratic presidential nominee Bernie Sanders, independent from Vermont, suggesting that Trump sees the Vermont senator as a threat, at least when it comes to rural America. On Thursday, Trump said at a campaign rally in Ohio that the, quote, crazy Bernie didn't like that the U.S. military killed Iran General Qassem Soleimani, whom Trump called, quote, the world's top terrorists. 
Trump's 2020 re-election campaign then released a statement saying Sanders can't be trusted to defend American lives if he were to become president. Earlier that week, Trump's campaign also called Sanders a wealthy fossil fuel guzzling millionaire who, quote, lectures Americans how to live their lives while doing the exact opposite. Now, from this, I'd like to just talk about two things about Bernie Sanders. This is this is more opinion. So, as I just read, Trump has been attacking Bernie Sanders for, for the fact that Bernie Sanders did not support the killing of General Qasem Soleimani. Now, this is big because there's been some debate within the Democratic Party. Obviously, Democrats are very opposed to this. This is more because they hate Trump than because they actually are mad at what Trump did. Regardless, they say they oppose this. But this has caused some debate between Joe Biden and and Bernie Sanders over stuff like the Iraq War and the killing of Qasem Soleimani, things like that. So you might see in the debate tomorrow Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders go after each other for foreign policy, things like that. The fact that Bernie Sanders didn't support the killing of Iran General Qasem Soleimani, I... I very much disagree with this. Bernie Sanders has been an isolationist for a very long time. He doesn't want to be involved in anything. In the debate tomorrow on foreign policy, he'll likely recognize that he didn't vote for any of the trade agreements and attack other candidates for their record on this. But we're talking about a terrorist. I think Trump makes a very good point. If Bernie Sanders doesn't want to kill any terrorist, if the, if if he's going to... Sh- show the terrorists that the United States is not going to show up, um, deter terrorists from doing what they're doing and stopping ISIS, this is a very good thing for Trump to do. And if Bernie Sanders becomes the nomination, we'll likely see Trump attacking Bernie Sanders a lot more on this. Now, the second thing that Trump said is that Bernie Sanders lectures Americans how to live their lives while doing the exact opposite. Now, this is completely true. There was recently an article in the Daily Wire talking about how Bernie Sanders' campaign is going to work, especially since Bernie Sanders is going to be have to take part in the impeachment hearings, but he's also got to be active in the campaign field. He needs to be gaining supporters, rallying up his supporters so he can take the nomination if he wants, which obviously he does. So what Bernie Sanders has decided to do is to take a private jet. Yes, a private jet. A candidate who has been suggesting that climate change is going to kill us all and that we need to take immediate action, that Trump is the worst for not taking action, and that he took us out of the Paris Climate Agreement Accord that actually lowered CO2 more than any other country in the world. But regardless... He is fighting for the climate, he is fighting for the environment, he's appealing to them. But, you know, you know, it's impeachment hearings, he's got to take a private jet, right? Yeah, private jet for Bernie Sanders, who's saying that climate change is terrible. That's the thing with Al Gore. Many people didn't like that he took a private jet around the world telling people that pollution was destroying our world. Well, well, if it is, then why are you using a private jet? So, 
there's obviously going to be some very harsh criticism if Bernie Sanders becomes the nomination. And you might even see Elizabeth Warren tomorrow attack Bernie Sanders for this because she's losing support to Bernie Sanders and she needs to start gaining that back fast or else she'll be out of the race in no time. Okay, so next we get to Tom Steyer. Again, we're going to focus a lot on the Democratic candidates because they'll be debating tomorrow. After on my episode on Wednesday, we'll get back into the normal schedule of debating news. But I just want to talk about some news, more about the candidates regarding these presidential candidates, how it's looking for Trump, who's dropped out, things like that. So, CNN says, I'll just read what CNN says first, and I'll talk about what time Steyer has been doing that should cause some fear from the other Democratic candidates. So, Here's what CNN says, quote, new Fox News polls in the third and fourth states of the primary season, Nevada and South Carolina, have started jumping into double digits. It's doing so, Steyer has qualified. In doing so, Steyer has qualified for next week's CNN registered debate. Steyer scored an impressive 15% in South Carolina. That's right next to Vermont, Bernie Sanders, 14%, and only behind former Vice President Joe Biden's 36%. In Nevada, it's more it's more of the same. He hit 12%, which is tied for third with Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren. Steyer's behind Biden, 23%, and Sanders, 17%. Now, the reason why this is big is, I think I've already mentioned this in this episode, but Tom Steyer hasn't qualified for the first couple of debates. I think he missed the first four. And he doesn't have the name recognition as Bernie Sanders joe biden and even elizabeth warren at this point have so he's really kind of new to this lots of people don't know him lots of people don't know his opinions because he hasn't been along in these debates as long again these debates are super important because it helps it helps voters understand their opinions things like that so the fact that tom Starr is able to do this should be baffling to other candidates i think in the debate tomorrow we'll see many people attack him just like they did Elizabeth Warren when she was gaining in the polls, just because they should recognize by now that he is a serious threat, especially in this or in these early states, which, as I've mentioned before, these early states are crucial and could decide the rest of the debate. So, if Tom Steyer were to able, was able to pull off Nevada and South Carolina, that would be huge and would take out Elizabeth Warren, especially since Elizabeth Warren is battling for the vote in Nevada. However, this likely won't mean much, as CNN put it, that Joe Biden is at 36%, so Steyer's only at 15%. If he loses these two states, or even 15% isn't really enough to win, Joe Biden's at 36%. When these states vote, if Tom Steyer, he likely probably won't get the vote, maybe he's still a very, he should be considered a threat, but he likely will not be able to take this from people such as Joe Biden or or Bernie Sanders, which will mean this won't actually mean very much, and he'll be out of the race. Now, he'll, he'll probably be out of the race, but if he can get these early states, if he could do that, that would be huge. It would take out Elizabeth Warren. I don't think he could win the nomination, even if these he took these two states, especially the role that Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden are on. But that would be huge to some of the other candidates on the stage 
and would definitely threaten them. Okay, so the last thing I'd like to get to tonight is Mariana Williamson. Mariana Williamson dropped out over the last weekend, and I'm very, very, very sad. Mariana Williamson was amazing. She only qualified for the first two debates, so if you didn't hear her name, don't be surprised. But she had a very interesting approach to politics. Now, her message wasn't bad. She talked about using love to to win politics. And love and kindness are good. But in the political atmosphere we have today and saying that Trump is full of fears, obviously false. And the way she puts it is just so weird. Let me just read you what she said as in honor of her campaign and a final farewell to her forever. But to start, her slogan was turning love into a political force. And here's what she had to say. I believe it was the second presidential debate. The last one she qualified for, sadly. Or maybe it was the first. I'm not sure. Anyway. Mr. President, if you're listening, I want you to hear me, please. You have harnessed fear for political purposes, and only love can cast that out. So, I, sir, I have a feeling you know what you're doing. I'm going to harness love for political purposes. I will meet you on that field. And, sir, love will win. That's it for today's episode of Give Me Liberty, and I'll see you again on Wednesday.